A vision without execution is just a dream. Welcome to Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. Like the show title says, Chris speaks with transformative experts and business leaders who share their successes, failures, and leadership tips that will help you transform your business into a success story. Now, here's your host, Chris Elias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Transformative Experts. Today, I got a a different show. I actually have two guests today. I have John Buford and Sean Georges, um, both uh, retired. I don't know if that's exactly the right term, but from the Marine Corps, uh, former officers, um, you know, both with their own independent histories and now together in an organization called On Mission Leadership. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here, Chris. Thank you. It's good to have you guys. So, um, you know, for our listeners, we, we were laughing a little bit prior to the show getting started. This is our second try, thanks to some technical difficulties, and we've had some other things come up, and we, we, were, we were laughing around, and I think this will actually be, become maybe the title of the show, but Through Pain is Growth. <laughs> so true. So I true. Like yeah, and, and as we think about that, you know, you know, growth comes, you know, a lot of times from adversity and from other things. Uh, you guys both have some really interesting stories in your careers, and um, I'd, I'd like to explore some of that because, you know, our stories, you know, our careers, our histories make up who we are and, and move us towards the future. And, and as we've talked in the past, I've had a, a number of gentlemen from the Marine Corps as guests, and there's, there's so many great leadership stories and so many things that can be learned from the military in general um, that can be brought into, you know, civilian life, into all aspects of life. And so I want to make sure we spend some time exploring all of that today. Um, you guys are also authors of a book that, um, as, of, as of today, as of our recordings coming out in August, might be out by the time this, this airs, but, um, but that's also called On Mission Leadership. And um, it's, it's, it's on mission, your journey to authentic leadership, if I've got that correctly. That's correct. Okay, excellent. Well, let's, let's start out with some stories. You know, let's, let's find out who each of you are. And, um, you know, John, why don't we start with you? I'd love to, to hear your story and your path to where you are today. Sure, great. Thanks, Chris. Um, I guess the beginning and the end of the story the same. I'll throw that in there. Is Sean and I were best friends in third grade and remain uh, – I can't speak for him, but um, best friends, <laughs> friends going well. Yeah, uh, some you know five or whatever five or six decades 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 later. Um, I uh, yeah, we we grew up and went to high school together. Um, out of high school, I joined the enlisted in the Marine Corps Reserves um, right away. Um, started basic training on my eighteenth uh, birthday. Uh, enlisted when I was seventeen. Uh, after uh, and I was in the reserves in the Marine Corps and ended up going to college and, and uh, kind of fell into an officer program and, and ended up getting commissioned as a, an infantry officer in the Marine Corps after college. Um, great experience, uh, you know, 20 plus years, kind of saw the world, uh, deployed overseas a lot. Um, when I was in the States, I taught the officer academies, teaching leadership a lot. Um, had a great time in the, in the military. When I retired from the Marine Corps, I went into outdoor education um, and leading wilderness expeditions, uh, sea kayaking, mountaineering, rock climbing, whitewater, backpacking, those type of things, outdoor, outdoor leadership. and really enjoyed that. Um, teaching wilderness medicine. Ended up uh, kind of by accident getting a PhD in, uh, 
and uh, education, uh, training, and performance improvement. Uh, ended up, uh, never saw this coming, ended up teaching in higher ed, a small liberal arts college, teaching leadership, uh, wilderness leadership, and experiential education. Um, I guess what's uh, appropriate for this conversation is uh, when I was a you know, 45-year-old outdoor leader, uh, former Marine, hiking along one day with uh, one of my colleagues, they asked me, uh, what's the difference between Marine Corps leadership and leadership in education or leadership in outdoor, you know, wilderness education. And it kind of stumped me and it, it, it kind of threw me down this path of thinking about you know, what is good leadership? Is there some universal truths about leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw good leadership in both venues and, uh, you know, kind of concurrent with that. I was having this ongoing decades long conversation with my friend, Sean, about the same thing about leadership. And so the more we talked, the more we got curious, the more we studied and challenged each other and ended up trying to put our, our words down in, in a, in a book. And that's kind of where we ended up where we are today and started uh, on mission leadership. So it's been a great journey. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's where we kind of landed today uh, with on mission leadership. So, so really the, the concept of, of writing the book led to, to, to building the company? Um, uh, Sean might be able to help with that. I think, it, yeah, yes, we started writing the book and then we decided we wanted to, you know, one of the greatest responsibilities of a leader is creating more leaders. And we always felt a calling to help other people. We, we, I have my whole life is try to develop leadership in other people through mentorship and training and coaching and uh, we thought that uh, we had something to offer and, and wanted to, uh, one of my greatest mentors told me one time, what you keep to yourself disappears, what you give away multiplies. And so that's kind of been my, you know, flagship saying as I go through life is to try to give it away the best I can for what it's worth. <laughs> it's what a great quote. I hadn't heard that one, but... It is. It is so spot on, and and I really, think maybe some philosopher said that quote. She stole it from that philosopher, and then I stole it from her. But it's uh, <laughs> it, it is it is a great quote. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping that one for myself. That's it, it's a great <laughs> one. Hey, hey yeah. Sean. So how about how about you? You know, so obviously started out in third grade with with John, and 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 right. it sounds like you're still friends. Yes, oh, we absolutely are, <laughs> and uh, thank God for uh, you know extending. Uh, we extend one another plenty of grace. Um, yeah, well, it's one of the most fortunate things in my life uh, that we moved to this tiny little town in uh, in central Illinois, and there was this kid sitting in the classroom in third grade who was just somebody I wanted to be like. So, uh, and I've been chasing that ever since. Um, but, uh, yeah, mid Midwest, uh, background and, uh, you know, I think John nailed a, a lot of it. We, uh, we had a, a childhood, which was, was filled with, uh, exploring and, you know, like everyone trying to figure out who we were. And, and for some reason, well, there are probably lots of reasons why this happened, but uh, uh, John and I both took part in team sports, team group 
sorts of uh, activities and the idea that there is something uh, surrounding what it means to be a teammate and what it means to lead within a team context just uh, became front of mind even during our you know junior high high school period and uh, I think that uh, you know I we both uh, look to the military for uh, sort of for our own development and for answers uh, after graduating from from the high school that we went to uh, I went off to the Naval Academy and uh, went to Annapolis to a couple of reasons one uh, to serve just had a uh, um, I don't know if what you call it, I guess a calling, uh, like John to, to serve military service and, and went to the Naval Academy and, uh, to also do the second thing, which was to figure out what it meant to lead and to follow and to answer, I guess, in my own head, whether I could, I knew I could follow I'd been following John for, uh, <laughs> for some time. Uh, but, uh, could I lead and what does it mean to lead? So, uh, after four years at Annapolis, I saw some Marines walking around, uh, the campus and I thought, wow, I want to be one of those guys. Uh, so took a commission in the Marine Corps, uh, upon graduation rather than going the Navy route and uh yeah john and i ran into one another again uh, uh upon graduation at the basic school in quantico he was in a different class but i remember asking him for advice on how marines polish their boots uh and he uh i remember him begrudgingly giving me a class no he very uh, graciously did and uh, yeah, we kind of went down different paths, but I, uh, in the Marines, we ran into one another from time to time. And uh, it was just one of those joyful experiences was whether we were in at Camp Pendleton or, you know, West Coast or East Coast, we, we could kind of find one another uh, uh, still in uniform. I left after 13 years, uh, became a judge advocate and um, served uh, in various units units um as a military lawyer and uh, left the marine corps john continued on his journey and uh practiced law in uh, back in in southern indiana uh civil litigation and uh, then missed being on a team desperately so it's one of those things that happens i think of the marine corps is is that you are uh, you align with a, uh, a mission a team mission and you want to be a teammate on that team uh, uh running in that direction so uh that's when i i came upon this uh, um you know corporate america and the having to be in retail in uh, evansville indiana and became the general counsel and, and uh, head of human resources. So long way, law degree from University of Illinois, another law degree. Uh, the Marine Corps sent me to uh, the Army JAG school at, uh, in, at the University of Virginia and, and uh, learned things I do not use anymore, which is operational law, law of war, uh, 
sorts of um, uh, knowledge, but left that behind long ago. So here we are, yeah, trying to figure out, still growing as leaders. Uh, and the one of the things I wanted to say about writing a book, one of the challenges we took on was that if we were going to teach and to help develop other leaders, we, I think part of the reason why we did it was to get clarity, to be clear, because it is a tough thing <laughs> to, you know, it's easy yeah. to, it's easy to sort of talk in general terms, but if you really want to get specific about what leadership is and what it means to lead, then try to put it down on paper. Yeah. It, you know, writing a book really does force you to get your thoughts clear. And, and it's funny how even when you reread it, you think, okay, wait, what did I mean by that? I'm going to rewrite it, right? <laughs> That's right. Why did I put it that way? Why did I say it that way? Yeah. So one curiosity, just just real quick, we've you know we're already coming up on the first break, but but one curiosity is okay. You guys knew each other since third grade, and obviously stayed in contact, right? We we've got all that. Did you see leadership traits in each other even back then? Oh yeah. What was yeah. something you were so Sean? What was something you remember about John's leadership hmm. style from third grade? Because because your story kind of said. Okay. To me, it really, boy, I felt he was a leader. I wanted to be with him. Yeah, really. Boy, I, I still remember it. Just um, charisma. If you can imagine a third grader, there was this energy and spirit about him um, that just made me uh, want to be, you know, just like, oh, wow. I, w I remember saying, yeah, I, I, I want to be his friend. Yeah, so I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was early. It was early. It was something like yeah, I, I can give a I can give a thirty second story. Um, you know, stories about high school sports seem a little bit um, silly, but but I remember our junior year in, in high school, we were on the football team, and, and we had a losing season, and in in probably the worst way you can have a losing season: zero wins, nine losses, <laughs> which uh, it was we laid out. One of the first paragraphs in the book is we learned more about leadership that season than any others. But I remember we were uh, getting beaten, you know, whatever, 30 to nothing. And fourth quarter, two minutes left, and we're just getting beat up. And everybody just wants to get it over with and go home. And, and Sean is in the, in the huddle, fired up, encouraging everybody. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And, you know, I, I think that really uh, – you know, of course, I didn't recognize at the time, but but I look back on that, and it really goes to that kind of number one principle, the commitment that we talk about is defining yourself as a leader. It's not, it's not. There's not leadership at, at work or home or play. It's it's there's only one you, and you 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 behave in that way, and you come from that perspective all the time, and that's something that I. have Never seen Sean blink at is accepting personal leadership responsibility um and sean that's the last compliment i'm going to give you today because that's way more than i wanted to give so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna need a little time to yeah. absorb <laughs> yeah. well okay so we can the give first. you a couple we can give you a little bit of time to get caught up because we are up on the first break and we we have to right. we have to step away for a couple of minutes uh but we will be back so everybody stay tuned we're going to talk more leadership with uh sean and john it's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture, co-written by your host, Chris Elias. 
Make your company smarter, faster, and stronger with real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. The Execution Culture, available now on Amazon. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Nexecute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. Take the next step and give us a call for a free consultation with your host, Chris Elias. 888-378-8808. That's 888-378-8808. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back with John and Sean. So, gentlemen, uh, we were talking a little bit before the break about, um, you know, uh, kind of, you know, learning each other's leaders through high school, you know, back in third grade, some of the stuff you've exhibited. And one of the questions that came to my mind is, as we were having that conversation is um, how much of, how much of leadership is something you're, you're born with? I mean, and, you know, I, I know that we can, we can teach leadership, we can learn leadership. I mean, I've made a career on it, you're making a career on it, but um, is there a certain amount of it that you're just born with? Well, I, I'll, we could each take that one. I think we both feel, and I know we both feel very strongly about it. Um, we say unequivocally in our book, there's, there's no born leaders. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly some leadership traits that, that, you know, through research tend to engender confidence from other people. Uh, you can read about those, you know, over, you know, being outgoing, being smart, intelligent, uh, you know, socially engaged with people. Uh, there's certainly some traits, but traits uh, are developed through time as well. But, but I think, you know, leadership is not an easy road to go down. Maybe Sean can hit on that a little bit about kind of what it takes to get there. But but we, we've yet to meet a born leader. There's no leadership gene that's been discovered by scientists. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, the life experiences, the training, the education that one goes through, uh, your propensity to accept leadership and to be a leader. Um, we're not a big fan of the notion that there's born leaders and some people are not born leaders, which I think is even more, uh, is, is more of a, uh, the idea that you would be constrained from being a leader because you weren't born a leader is something that would, it is more of a sinister approach. Yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, it's a, it's a great question and it's funny that it still, uh, exists really, because I, I, I think that it's, uh, it's one of those questions that has been answered, but, but people still sort of wrestle with it. Um, but you know, when you think about what happens when you are either being, being led or uh, so following, or you're influencing another person in the direction of a shared mission, kind of the core of our definition. Um, there, 
you may be drawn or repelled or compelled by some kind of characteristic, physical or behavioral, uh, but to do it in a sustained, uh, intentional sort of a way over the course of, of, you know, whatever the, the, uh, you're trying to accomplish that's the thing that is uh that requires uh, a um requires that development of a relationship and requires certain certain both actions and a mindset um over again over a sustained period and as as challenges and change comes at us rapidly if you want to bring even one other person along with you uh, and you want to be a good teammate, you want to be able to provide leadership and get in this dance of a relationship, which is part of what John and I talk about is, you know, it's not just one leader on, on the best teams. You have multiple people who are capable of leading, of stepping into leadership and and influencing one another and moving in the direction of a shared mission. But leadership can be learned, must be learned. I think that we confuse uh, leadership with this idea of sort of charisma and things that draw us to someone, but that's not a sustainable model. Yeah, it's not so much about the charisma, but I also wonder, you know, and, and I agree with you, I, I think anybody can learn leadership skills. I mean, I've watched some people really blossom that never thought they could be leaders through, through some of the work we've done. And, um, and yet, I also think that, that, you know, from the day that we're born, we're learning. Right. I mean, if you think about, you know, a, a baby from day one, opening yeah. the eyes, seeing things, you know, we're, we're on a high learning curve. And, you know, at a young age, you know, you're learning to walk, to talk, all these things. It's using so much brain power, but we're, we're processing so much information. And I think that, um, you know, as children, we have examples of people in, in our lives that and it happens unconscious that either exhibit good leadership behaviors or poor leadership behaviors. And that, that develops who we are at a young age. And it may make it either easier for us to learn leadership or more difficult if we've had bad examples. Yeah, yeah certainly. I, you know, I guess an example I could look at is, uh, I could think of is you're watching a volleyball game and you're sitting up in the stands and somebody next to you says, say, look at number, number 28. She was a born leader. And, you know, to me, that just kind of discounts that 20 years of that person's time on earth, right? Yeah, like she yeah. wasn't born the way with those behaviors that she's exhibiting during the game. Um, yeah, the, the intrinsic traits that, that we all have are all important. For instance, communication skills. That's a very important leadership um, leadership behavior or skill, but it just because you have good communication skills doesn't mean you're leading other people, right? Um, leadership is a, is a service to other people. It's a perspective. It's a way you approach life. It's the way you serve others in relation to accomplishing a mission. All those skills you accrue throughout life um, you can use those skills for lots of different purposes, but to lead another person, uh, to move them forward to accomplishing a mission is really what leadership is all about. And so, um, although the skills are transferable, um, leadership is a perspective and an attitude. I think it's something that one needs to be intentional about 
taking on board themselves. Yeah, you know, I think this uh, is a little bit about where we were, the path we were walking here. John and I, another thing that we talked a lot about and have actually written about in the book was the influence of of the example of our our grandparents and our grandfathers uh, in in particular um and so we were fortunate in that way uh we we didn't really have the father figure there during our entire growing up but we did have these remarkable uh, grandfathers that provided an example and and uh, uh, sort of you know a, a study in in how how you how one conducts oneself if, if you will and so we that that was a very fortunate thing um, and that that may be a little bit about what you're you're getting at uh, we, we saw some different models of how to influence and um, it was really really. Uh, impactful. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I grew up in a, a family with a lot of really good leaders and, mm-hmm. and, and I emphasize that word because I do believe there's a difference between a leader and a manager. And, and I want to dive down oh, that path, you know, for a few minutes here, but, but I, I saw good leadership from my father, from my uncles, from, from others. Um, and, and that trickled down to good leadership to many within the organization that they owned and operated. And, um, you know, so I, I had a great example. And one of the things that, that, that I always saw was, you know, how much they, they just trusted others, how much they gave others, you know, the ability to do things, how much they guided versus told people what to do, you know, um, and not that there wasn't times when some management came in, but, um, but, but they, they really, you know, I see, I see one of the prime differences in leadership and management is to what you delegate. Leaders, we, we say de- leaders delegate tasks, you know, th- to-do lists. You know, we, they tell people what to do. Leaders, on the other hand, delegate a result and empower people to achieve those results and maybe give them the support and all that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the difference between managers and, and leaders and how that plays into, you know, your book and, and, and what you're talking about. Go ahead. You want me to start, John? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and again, these we we have tried to apply, gather, apply, and and exercise what are our timeless uh, principles. And and someone much smarter than than I came up with the the simple phrase, which is absolutely accurate, is is you manage things, lead people. So an opportunity to lead human beings, uh, things we manage. And the problem with our society is that we often try to, try to you know, mix those up or, or do both. Well, you, you cannot lead uh, a stack of papers or an inanimate object. Uh, you have to manage those. You have to manage budgets and resources and and uh, uh, processes. Those are management responsibilities. But with a human being, we that's you know the, these these entities with with heads and hearts and and. Uh, values or lack thereof and personalities. And that's where leadership can, 
comes in. And so if you, if you understand that rather than managing people like cattle or like, you know, my, I met, well, actually worked with someone one time who told me that, Sean, every time I see another person within the business, he said, I see a cost center. Hmm. He said, you see people. And I said, yes, because they are. <laughs> But, you know, you have to view these human beings as, uh, as, as humans. And, um, but yeah, so, so we have an opportunity to do both. We have responsibilities to manage assets, things, uh, processes, uh, all of those kinds of things. But, but with people, there is the, that's where leading and, and at the heart of our definition is uh, influence that we influence through who we are and what we do in the direction of a, of a shared mission. Um, so, uh, yeah. And it's important to keep the, the, those definition, those responsibilities, um, in mind and you're often balancing and, and you're, uh, you, you sometimes have to manage and lead at the same time, but, uh, don't get them mixed up. Oh, that's, yeah. that's excellent. John, you want to add some thoughts to that? Um, no, you know, Sean said it um, really well. I, I think uh, one thing I could just add is I think a lot of times there's been so much um, written about it. I think a lot of times there's this kind of false dichotomy, you know, management or leadership or yeah. what's better. You know, it's, it's kind of an academic discussion. As Sean said it well. They're both vitally important. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten in discussions with colleagues about, well, you actually do have to manage people sometimes. It can get a little bit of a rhetorical discussion. But I think the principle that Sean laid out there, manage people, lead, manage things, lead people, is, is really the, if you can keep that in mind and as, as a good kind of watchword. So when you're dealing with people, you can kind of reflect a little bit and say, am I, am I working through a real human relationship where I try to teach, teach, you know, treat this person like a process yeah. or, or a thing. Yeah. I, I, I really like that philosophy. I mean, we've often said in, in our organization that, um, you know, good management and good leadership are both absolutely essential to, to executing and moving, whether it's your organization, your family, whatever it's, it, it, they're both absolutely essential. The art is knowing when to be in which mode. And I, mm -hmm. and I think the way that you guys encapsulated it is a really great way of thinking of it. You know, manage things, lead mm -hmm. people. And, and when, when you kind of catch yourself and ask, am I managing people and am I trying to lead things? That's when you got it backwards. I, I, I love that thinking. You know, um, another, another kind of question that comes to mind, and when I think about moving into leadership, so, so management to me also is, especially if you're trying to manage people, my sense is, is that that's always been about some level of control and trust, right? If I don't, if I don't trust the people, if I want to control a thing, um, I will, I will tend to hold on to it tighter as opposed to giving up control. And leadership requires giving up control, which is a hard thing to do psychologically. Uh, you know, anybody can learn to be a leader, but choosing to be a leader is a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know some of your thoughts on that. Mm. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I, you know, I think when we talk about managing 
people that that the notion of managing people or lead versus leading people. Um, I think of things like, you know, human resource management, payroll benefits, incentives, disincentives. Those are all vitally important in an organization, right? Those are, those are certainly things within your control, right? You can control the, the amount of incentives or disincentives, promotion, hiring, firing, in that respect, again, rhetorically, yeah, you're managing people, but the the actual that that's that's the but actually working with people takes relationships and leadership. And you mentioned the word trust. <clears throat> ben, you know, incentives only go so far. You can incentivize your your way with people to a point, but beyond that, unless you've established, you know, a level of trust in that personal relationship, you're not. You, in, you know, when I look at an organization, when I see people doing exactly as they're told, no more, no less, I know there's a leadership problem, right? These people are being driven uh, by incentives or, you know, people watching. And there's most usually a lack of trust and confidence in those folks, leaders. Yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, you know, so we're we're already up on our second break. Uh, so we have to step away for a couple minutes. When we come back, I want to keep exploring this, and I want to get more into the, the principles of the book itself. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Keep the conversation going. Follow your host on Instagram at Chris Elias Official and on Facebook and Twitter at the Chris Elias to discuss your own business transformations and get real world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. See you there. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Nexecute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. Take the next step and give us a call for a free consultation with your host, Chris Elias. 888-378-8808. That's 888-378-8808. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back one last time with uh, John and Sean. So, gentlemen, um, so the book is, uh, you know, uh, the book's coming out or going to be out anytime now. And... Um, you know, it's called on mission. I mean, right, right, right from the very, very beginning. And it kind of tips the hat as to what we're talking about here. Um, you know, you mentioned it early in the early in the show about the importance of having a mission. And I'd, I'd love it if you define a little bit more about what being on mission really means in the leadership world. Yeah, I, I think that uh, one of the important reasons why we, we, titled the book on mission and then we your journey to authentic leadership <clears throat> is um, really comes from our our model a, a visual model that we have uh, developed that is is so simple kind of a back of the napkin that that really really depicts the perspective the state of mind and 
your approach when you're leading. And so at the top uh, of this visual model is the, you can just write the word mission, all capital letters. And, uh, you know, the, the, when you think about, okay, well, what, what is a mission all about? Well, that can be something very simple. It is, it is whatever two or more people are trying to accomplish right in in the uh, in that moment or in a on a larger scale so you have mission uh, at the top of your conceptual model and then below that you have the individuals within the team so could be two people you and one other uh, could be five seven, a hundred, however many uh, folks are are on this journey, and uh, and these are all the your teammates. These are the people who have uh, various skills and and different uh, aspirations, perhaps. But everyone is aligned at some level, in some small or large way, with this shared mission. And then when you're leading. When you are influencing another human being or this this team, you're at the bottom conceptually of this picture. So we kind of use stick figures, right? Mm -hmm. So you're the smallest uh, figure on this in this sort of graphic, and you're at the bottom. You're looking up, serving and supporting through relationship um, your teammates so that together this team can accomplish the shared mission. So one of the reasons why we called the book On Mission is, is because mission is at the, uh, at the sort of the, the top of the, the conceptual model. It's, it's why we, we form teams and sort of the context with which, in which we lead. But also you become a leader through this journey that is your life. And what we're trying to give people a sense of is that if you have a sense of deliberateness and intentionality about that becoming, that journey, that that's a part of, of your life's mission to develop um, yourself as, as a leader. Yeah, if I could, if I can build on that, um, that that notion of the mission <clears throat> being at the top or the center or the core, the title, the book. Um, I think one of the strengths that Sean and I identified early in our, our approach was kind of our diverse, even though we look a lot alike and it may seem like we're a lot alike, our experience has been pretty diverse. Um, me and, you know, wilderness expeditions, higher ed, <clears throat> um, Sean in the corporate world, um, business, both of us in um, non-for-profit world, he in the courtroom, me in um, undergraduate classroom, and, and both in the military. I think it, having a mission-centered model or approach is, is really central to our, um, our approach to leadership and that everything revolves around the mission. Right. Regardless of what the mission is, if you take this approach, this this bottom up leader at the bottom looking up, um, developing relationships to accomplish the mission, really universalizes the model. Uh, there's not an, there's not a lot of new under the sun about leadership. 
we are breaking ground with a new theory. Um, what we try to do is really uh, whittle it down to its fundamental components. So we, what we think is uh, the most important and the best approach to leading. So when, when a, a leader or potential leader is, let's call it crafting the mission, trying to, trying to develop this, this, this mission that, that ultimately you'll get some other people who will buy into it and follow and be part of this process, et cetera. Um, what's the trick to it? I mean, is there such thing as a bad mission, for instance? I mean, could somebody, you know, you know are some missions better than others? What, what makes a good mission? First of, all, first of all, I, I like the way you put that at first. What's the trick? Uh, one of the things John and I've uh, kind of come to the realization of through the course of, of writing this book and just through our own life and our life's journey is that there aren't a lot of tricks to this stuff. There, there's some simplicity, though, and simple concepts. And uh, uh, we've really tried to get to the the heart and the authenticity of, of things. But you know, when it, when it comes to mission, yeah, I think there's some really terrible missions. There are bad, that's a bad, I don't want to go on that mission. Yeah. I, why are we doing this? You know, when you think about what missions are all about, they, they need to provide some kind of compelling why uh, for, okay, we're all standing here in this field uh, and you want us to do what, or we're going to do what, you know, you, 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 what you try to do is gather uh, some people around a, a worthwhile, uh, hopefully there's some, some, uh, you know, we're going to be better for the journey in some, uh, in some way, and it will have accomplished something worthwhile. Uh, so, you know, and you always get these aspirational journey or aspirational missions that don't, that seem impossible, like flying to the moon and what, but you have to start somewhere and you have to get at least one other person to want to come along. <laughs> along on that journey where you're not going to have a team. And, you know, if, if you're standing there out in the middle of the field, you're probably not going to get to the moon uh, by yourself. Um, but yeah, there's some terrible missions. There are missions that lack, that are unethical. There are missions that, that uh, are immoral. And, you know, uh, so I think, I think, uh, and we, that John and I would both agree that there is sort of an, there is a, a value uh, aspect to, uh, um, to, you know, leadership and both how leadership works and, you know, what, what leaders are about as well. I think one of the number one responsibilities of a leader, and we, this is one of our first leader commitments is to clarify the mission. You know, one of the most, insightful and powerful questions I've heard over the years good leaders ask is, hey, gang, what, what are we trying to do here, <laughs> right? Like, what? why are we doing this? Sometimes if we're, whether you're building widgets or selling shoes or educating kids, you get habituated to do the same thing over and over and over. And sometimes it takes, it's a great act of leadership for someone to say, "What? why are we going through this effort, right? Um, and so clarifying the mission, either creating a mission uh, collectively with his or her teammates or just clarifying the mission or asking the question is one of the most 
important fundamental responsibilities of a leader. Because uh, as Sean said, without a clear and compelling mission, um, you get a lot of people putting in a lot of effort, uh, which may be going nowhere or, or going the wrong direction. Yeah, you know, sometime, something you said a minute ago, I used the, the going on the moon example, um, which I think is a, a great example of, of leadership over, you know, over a decade, really, if you think about the timing and what it took and, you know, um, multiple presence. I mean, a lot, lot was going on. And um, yet the vision, and, or we'll call it the mission in this case, was so incredibly compelling that you didn't need to know how you were going to accomplish it. Mm. What you, but what we had to do was have trusted people who were engaged in the end game that, mm. um, that, that knew that over time they could figure it out. And that seems to me like a, an important component here as well, is that you don't, you don't need to know every step to achieving the mission if you've got the right people with you. Right, right. And, and, there, and that's it, right? I mean, we've all sort of seen the movies and, and read the, the histories about, about that particular effort. And you, you bring under mission, right, missions, uh, the the thing that's sort of bringing everyone into the into the tent. You bring all of these people with with sometimes really deep uh, deep well of understanding or uh, technic technological uh, uh, skill set or or a very refined and and limited. But but somehow you're going to bring them all together. And and so one of the things that John and I talk a, a lot about is is that it's not um, it's not when we are leading we're actually a part of a team in which we are also at various times and 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 in various ways we're also responding to as a follower so we're sometimes leading sometimes we're following another another's lead it's it's not this sort of linear mm -hmm. it's a it's it's an more of an organism and a relation in a series of relationships I mean, John and I uh, played played high school football together, and and there were times that maybe I inspired him, but there were also times, and I don't talk a lot about this, but I remember John coming back to the, you know, after let's say it's a it's a muddy, you know, it's one of those days you'd rather be indoors, and uh, John comes uh, comes back to the huddle after a play, and he's got like dirt and mud hanging from his helmet and his his mask, and he just you know, it looks like a warrior. And I'm thinking I am inspired by his commitment and his effort. I mean, yeah. it's this back and forth. And, and sometimes I need to follow you and, and I need to learn from you or I need some of your energy. And, and sometimes I need you to remind me of why we were here. And then sometimes here, follow me or, or I know something uh, to, to teach you. And, you know, when you think of, of the moonshot, I mean, there's somebody had to continue to provide inspiration and and the vision whether it was president kennedy or whomever but it had to get down to to all of the levels and just getting past this sort of uh, i i always say this that leadership does not work the way an org chart looks it's it's something 
completely different. It's when you think about how, you know, these relationships sort of match up and, and how we're, we're moving one another within an organization, that's where leadership happens. And it's much more interesting than an org chart, which is a management device. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you mentioned uh, clarify the mission was you know I think principle number one or or the the the, the first key in your book. Um, I wonder if while we've got a couple of minutes left, do you want to elaborate on some of the other key points? We, you know, we um, yeah, in in what Sean described our our model, uh, which I, I love love the term back to the napkin. We we tried to bring it down. Um, to be simple to explain, of course, like many things, not easy to execute in real life with real <laughs> people. Um, we thought it important with a book to kind of start off with this fundamental perspective because that seems to be to us to be the number one thing is your kind of approach, your sense of responsibility, how you approach leadership, the understanding that leadership is a service to others. Um, we also <clears throat> talk quite a bit about the leadership development process. Um, being intentional about developing as a leader. Um, the, the idea that education, kind of the three-legged stool, education, training, and experience, um, and being intentional about that as a journey, as a lifelong journey, knowing that there's never end, no finish line was an important part of the book. So we spent some time talking about <clears throat> leadership development. And then we, we broke down the model into its component parts, mission, people, and self, and kind of hit each of those individually in parts or chapters of the book. Um, and then, I guess I'm summarizing the book here, but then we, we finished with what, what we feel are uh, core commitments that a person needs to make or should make as they go through their journey um, and kind of laid those out. I think there's 10 or 11 commitments um, laid out in the book. Mm. Yeah. I, one, one of the things I think also is important in, in where we're going with this book is, is that sense that, the developmental sense and John touched on it, uh, but it's taking responsibility and taking ownership of your, your learning journey. Uh, and that is, you know, it, you can't learn how to ride a bicycle at a, at a seminar. <clears throat> there, there are things that take time and experience in order to develop insights and, and and competence and and then confidence in doing and and uh the the relationship and the perspective of a leader is is a requires a journey and 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 a a, a learning journey one where you fail where you try stuff and, and you pick yourself back up and you you try it again and and sometimes you where you have successes and and you're learning and, and also, one of the most important uh, ways to learn how to lead is to pay attention when you're following yeah. another lead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, 
why is it that I'm listening so intently to my father right now? Is it, well, I'm a little bit scared. Uh, he's got wisdom. Uh, what he's telling me is true. It will improve my life, whatever. Uh, so you're, you're always, you're in this, you're on this journey. So there's this, this whole developmental aspect and, and, and nobody's going to come along and do it for you. Oh, that's yeah. the, the, what, what a great way of thinking about things. You know, I personally, I can't wait to, to get a copy of the book. I, it, you know, I've read a lot of books on leadership, but you guys have really distilled this down. It's something I think that is simple, that's clean, that's clear. And I, I think could just be a great manual for leadership that should be on everybody's shelf. So hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll, you know, get a lot of them out there. But uh, again, I'm going to look for, forward my, my copy of it for our audience's sake. Um, the, the book is On Mission, Your Journey to Authentic Leadership, and it's by uh, John Buford and Sean Georges. Uh, gentlemen, you guys, you know, you, On Mission Leadership is your company. Do you guys have a, a website? Yes. Can you spell it out for us, please? Uh, onmissionbook.com, uh, onmissionleaders.com. Um, both are linked to each other. Both have information on how to contact us. Um, love to hear from folks. Uh, we love feedback. That's something we value. Um, onmissionbook.com, onmissionleaders.com. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm sorry we're, we're out of time. I, we could keep on going. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. So nice hearing uh, hearing from you guys. Okay, well, folks, that's that's our show for uh, this week. We've got more great guests coming up in future weeks, so stay tuned and thank you for listening. Thank you for joining Chris Elias for this week's edition of Transformative Experts. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good week.